beautifully read. Thank you, readers. That was lovely. Well, uh, here's the message. All your problems will be solved by the gift of a new king. All your problems will be solved by the gift of a new king. Now, that, as a good news message, probably fails to impress the contemporary listener for any number of reasons. Uh, Not many of us, for example, are anticipating the coronation of King Charles III with wild excitement. Perhaps more relevant, not many of us could give an informed answer to the question, what are the advantages of constitutional monarchy over republicanism? And even amongst those who um, like having a royal family, and that includes me, even amongst those who like having a royal family, we don't actually know what kings and queens are actually for. All we know is that we'd prefer it if they kept their opinions to themselves. Nevertheless, Isaiah's message to us today is, all your problems will be solved by the gift of a new king. And of course, uh, that message hit the ears of Judeans first in the latter years of the 8th century BC. And with respect to that message, all your problems will be solved by the gift of a new king. That would have made slightly more sense to them. Because they knew what kings were for. A king saved you from your enemies. Kings were essential because it was essential to be saved from your enemies. Otherwise, what would happen is this. Your enemies would invade the land, kill you, take your wife and children as slaves if they didn't kill them too, and then occupy your land. Kings were essential No question, but there was a correspondingly high price to be paid in having a king. A king, in order to be king, had to have the power to raise an army by by means of conscription and taxation. And a king, in order to be king, had to be obeyed. His word was law. Today, we'd call that type of person, we'd call them a tribal warlord or a dictator or an autocrat. And as far as I'm aware, in most of the countries in the world today, most of the countries that call themselves republics are actually ruled by totalitarian despots, el presidentes for life. Still, better than being dead, So with these thoughts in mind, let's consider why Isaiah's message, all your problems will be solved by the gift of a new king. Let's consider why this might actually be better news than we can imagine. Why it might be fully and wonderfully true. Well, firstly... Because if the problem is darkness, then the solution is light. And this new king 
will be light in the darkness. What is darkness? Well, simply to take Isaiah's words out of his mouth, darkness is distress and fear. Darkness is being very frightened and afraid. Darkness is gloom. Nothing good. Nothing to put your hope in with respect to the future. Um, Nothing to look forward to. Gloom. Darkness is humiliation and defeat. Darkness is hunger and hopelessness. Darkness is living in the aftermath of being utterly defeated by your enemies. Darkness is also confusion and ignorance and not knowing what to do. Even to the point of trying to consult the dead on behalf of the living as though they might have the answers. Darkness, utter darkness, is ultimately not knowing God or his presence. Darkness is not having access to his instruction and counsel. The deepest darkness is cursing God, cutting yourself off from the only person ultimately, the only person who is our only hope. But to those living in deepest darkness, a light has dawned. They have seen a great light. And thus, by necessity, if this new king is light, then he is an end to fear and distress. He is an end to hopelessness. He is an end to defeat and oppression. He is an end to confusion and indecision. And this king is an end to not knowing God or having his presence, to not knowing his word. Second, this king will bring about a great victory. Isaiah 4, for as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. And in the book of Judges, chapter 7, we read about what actually happened when the, when the, the, the Midianites invaded the land. The power of the Midianites was so oppressive that the Israelites had to to flee and hide in caves and in crevices, in rocks, in the hills. The Midianites camped where they like. They stole all the crops and the livestock. They swarmed over the land like locusts, we read, so that the entire land was ruined until the Lord called Gideon. Well, the, the victory that this new king will bring about, is is a great victory. One that sets slaves free. Third, the enemy that this king will destroy is, is not the Midianites or the Assyrians, but rather, this king will defeat war itself. And that's astonishing. A king is supposed to be very, very good at war, so as to destroy enemies, not to destroy war as though it was the enemy. But that's precisely what this king will do. The king will destroy war as the ultimate enemy. Isaiah and Zechariah are of of one mind on this matter. Isaiah, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Zechariah, I will take away 
I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. He, his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. This king will bring about an end to warfare. This is the kind of king who might ride into his capital city on a donkey, on the colt of a donkey, rather than in a chariot pulled by many war horses. Fourth, this king will teach people the right way to live. And that's also upside down and astonishing. You see, in Isaiah's times, kings needed counselors. They needed to be counseled by priests and prophets, scribes or lawyers, generals and field commanders. And wise kings listened to what their counselors told them. And with respect to our day, what do we do? But to pray for those in authority that God might likewise give them wise counselors. Wise counselors who understand the times and know what must be done. And indeed we pray that our rulers might have the sense to listen to them. And to be able to take advice without being swayed either by corruption or by the electorate. By fear of the electorate. But, but this king, this king needs no counsellors. No, he, we will be counselled by him. And we pray, as Katie has already prayed, we, we pray that we might have ears to listen, eyes that see and hearts that are receptive, because this king will be wonderful counselor, the one who knows, the one who teaches, the one who establishes justice and righteousness. Now, a counselor counsels rather than controls. A counselor counsels rather than controls. You see, the best that we might have hoped for, the best that we might dared have imagined would be benign dictator, almighty controller, overwhelming father figure, overpowering pacifier. But that's not what God is giving. God is giving something so infinitely better. Um, that's not what Isaiah is saying. What Isaiah is saying is, is we'll have a king, one who empowers others, one who enables others, who offers counsel, not rulings. He must therefore be someone who teaches and encourages, someone who delegates real authority, and that authority will be real and must be really received. In delegation, this king will accept the decisions of those to whom he has delegated authority as authoritative decisions. And what they loose will be loosed, and what they bind will be bound. This is a king under whom councils and committees, parliaments, eldership teams, diversity can all flourish. A councillor counsels rather than controls. 
This is a father who offers true approval, attention, and acceptance to his children. And as Prince of Peace, he is peacemaker, establishing peace, not as the absence of conflict, but rather the absence of conflict is only one manifestation of real peace. For peace is so much more than the absence of conflict. Peace is the reign of love. Peace is the presence of joy. Peace is the gift of forgiveness received. Peace is living by grace. Peace is speaking the truth. Peace is the acceptance of all into fellowship. Peace is reconciliation. Peace is making all things new. Fifth, this king that Isaiah is talking about will be, astonishingly, both fully human as well as God with us, Emmanuel. Fully human, for to us a child is born, a son is given. Humanly speaking, a descendant of King David, of his line and family, but also fully God, for he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And sixth, he will live forever. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it, with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And if this king is the prince of peace, then he must offer peace to all who look to him. And if this king lives forever, then he must offer eternal life to all who call him king. Most surely, then, all of our problems will be solved by the gift of this new king. And I am, of course, speaking of Jesus of Nazareth. His victory is the cross. His peace is forgiveness of sins in his name. His gift is eternal life. And he reigns in heaven and on earth his rule ever-growing, reaching now into every nation. If, if you, or if I, or if, if we, if, if we fail to understand how all our problems will be solved by the gift of Jesus, then it's because our Jesus is too small. We're not seeing him right. We're not comprehending. We've failed yet to understand all that he is and all that he's done. And yet, however much so far we might have learnt or understood or seen or heard, we are perfectly right to put our cloaks on the road. That is to say, to put the most valuable things we own under his feet and to sing and to shout and to worship and praise. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen.